Welcome back to another edition of the Cycling Tips Nerd Alert podcast. It is deep dive week this week. I'm your host, James Huang, and together I have with me fellow tech editor Dave Rome from Sydney. How's it going, Dave? I'm very well, thank you, James. How's things in Boulder? Uh, you know, it's a glorious sort of pseudo spring day today that we're about to get, well, it's only going to last for a couple of days, and then if you were listening to the regular Cycling Tips Weekly Pod, you'll know that we are about to get hammered with a, just a ridiculous amount of snow this weekend, supposedly, so I'm going to enjoy it while I can. Uh, you just got back from a nice little trip to you know ride your mountain bike. How'd that mm. go? I'm, I'm glad you came back without breaking anything, Dave. Uh, so am I. I am very happy about that. Uh, yeah, I went to Derby in Tasmania, which uh, for anyone that has the ability to get there, uh, given the current situation of flying and all, uh, it is well worth a trip. It's uh, some of the best mountain biking I've done in recent memory. So I very much enjoyed myself for four or five days of riding. And I enjoyed, like I said, that you came back in one piece, because if you didn't, that would be a bummer. Yeah, a little, a small uh, tiger snake did have a go at me trying to keep me in Tasmania for longer, but uh, thankfully they've got bad aim. So um, that's about as, as, as scary as things got. Yeah, pretty much everything I've learned, like plant and animal life around where you are, basically just wants to kill you. Um, mm. Thankfully today, we are not going to be talking about things that are trying to kill us. We're not really going to be talking about mountain biking at all, in fact. We've talked an awful lot in the past about, I mean, we talk about wheels and tires a lot because it's basically the most important component on your bike as far as how it affects the performance. Um, and we have a pretty interesting development that has been brewing over the last few months. The Decoin and Quickstep team in particular has been, you know, they've been doing a lot of experimentation with wheel and tire setups. I mean, historically, tubulars have been just basically the norm for God knows how long at this point. I mean, it's just you know, it's, it's a fully, basically a, a, a tire donut, essentially, that is glued to a carbon rim. And that's just been how it's been for ages. Uh, the team had been playing a lot with tubeless clincher setups in racing, uh, in road race, uh, in road race stages for, uh, I guess, God, I mean, how long has it been now? Like, it's been over a year now, I think, since they were, mm -hmm. they started playing with them quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but now they've announced together with their wheel sponsor, Roval, and tire sponsor Specialized that uh, they are mixing things up again, and they are still sticking with clinchers. Uh, they're going to be sticking with clinchers across the board for time trial and road stages. Um, but now they're sticking a tube in them. They're not using tubeless anymore, um, which given how much attention both of those outfits had paid to that sort of technology is quite an interesting about face. So we got a bunch of people from Roval and from Decoin and Quickstep on the phone to ask them a bunch of questions. And I want to make it clear that they didn't know what we were going to ask them. We were not limited at all in terms of what questions we were going to ask. And granted, in any time we entered into this sort of situation, we maybe didn't get all the answers that we wanted. <laughs> But we got most of them. So let's take a listen to that, and then we will discuss this on the other side. So I think we probably should just go ahead and get right into it. I'm Nico. <laughs> Nicolas. I'm for nine years in this team. And um, I think since four years, we, we are doing a great job all together so we have a 
we talk a lot. Communication is important between the three of us and some other other uh, yeah people in this team. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm taking care of the material uh, mostly. That material is ready. That uh, yeah, we arrive to testings and races, and the material is just there. Um, I'm Koen Belgrim. Um, I come from the Netherlands, but I live already a few years in Belgium now. I'm in the team since end of 2011, so it's already longer than I think. <laughs> um, I'm uh, I'm one of the coaches in the team, um, but next to the coaching, I'm also a bit involved in the all the everything that involves uh, the science within the team. Uh, from which uh, the material is uh, one of the one of the the, the topics. Um, so I help the team out with uh, yeah, giving uh, I say testing the the performance of the of the equipment that we use and trying to uh, to help the team to make uh, the best choices in terms of what's what's fast and what's uh, what's less fast. Okay. Um, together with uh, with Nicolas and Ricardo. So I'm uh, Ricardo, and uh, before me, my two colleagues are quite humble, as you can see. So Nicholas is the head mechanic; it's quite a, some responsibility, and and Kuhn is is the head coach, and is uh, yes, uh, definitely sports scientist, the most competent people of this company. Um, and I'm um, I'm in the this is the fifth season for me in the team. I I moved my former teams was uh, Leopard. Uh, starting in 10, 2010 and then uh, Saxo Bank, uh, which turned to be Tinkoff in the end in 2016. And I'm the responsible for the sports uh, departments of, uh, of the team. <clears throat> and I'm from Portugal. I'm Jeff. Uh, my title is the Roval Engineering Manager. I've been with Specialized for about three years, uh, just over three years. And really, I've primarily been responsible for rim design, uh, carbon rim design, Ontera, Alpinist, and Rapide. And I work closely with uh, my colleague, Victor, who does a lot of the, the wheel design and testing. And uh, yeah, that kind of sums up what I do. Traditionally, for a very, very, very long time, when it comes to tires and wheels in professional road racing, the, the standard, without a doubt, has always been tubulars. Tubular tires glued onto, glued onto tubular rims, and you know, for the last however long now, it's been it's been carbon. Being a specialized sponsored team, it really wasn't all that long ago that Specialized was playing a lot with tubeless setups for competition. And I know Quickstep and other teams have had you know reasonable amounts of success with that in the past. But now uh, you guys are switching it up again. And you're changing things again. So what, what is the rationale behind this? And what exactly are you going to be using now? Fundamentally, um, we're using clinches actually for a long time in time trials, um, which are the fastest setup. We were um, also working on tubeless. Um, that project is, 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 will keep moving forward. But in the meantime, uh, we we just had this uh, experience um, last year. The new wheels were coming, 
and uh, the new rapids and the new the new alpinists which we tested at length and we thought um, after during the lockdown uh, and it was an idea from Kuhn in the, in the stage that uh, Julien, the second last stage of the tour in 19, Kuhn told me, Ricardo, why don't we think about using the titi clinchers um, on situations like today? Short stage, I mean, take the risk uh, because uh, there was this sort of uh, idea that the tires were very, um, they were very delicate. And that just kept in the back of my head. The new wheels were coming and then we thought, okay, after the lockdown, we have the wheels. Let's give it a try with the, with the cotton clinchers because at the end, if durability is fine and puncture resistance also, this could be a game changer for us. And, um, and I was using personally, Nicholas and I, we start to use the clinchers at home because we, I mean, we cannot test some, some, of course, some, some, some uh, degree of performance, but durability, actually we can, as you just need to ride. And also all sort of types of roads that we have here in Belgium roads, I'm often in Italian roads and the tires are just last and no punctures. So when we resume training in uh, San Pellegrino, uh, first in Belgium uh, training camp in June, and then afterwards we went to San Pellegrino, we just start to use the wheels with the cotton clinches and also with the with the rapiders because you know we wanted to try um, the different behavior, knowing that we had the fastest setup, and the acceptance was uh, was was of course uh, very positive from majority of the riders, and then we just end up doing this 2020 season, this very awkward 2020 season as a transition periods where we keep using tubulars, uh, like we did every innovations with, with Specialized. We always kept these seasons of transition, like we had with the disc brakes, for instance. Um, and and uh, we, we end up 2021 uh, very confident that this was the, the best setup for us. And I remember to conclude, to talk with Scott during the, the lockdown, and I said, Scott, uh, write it down. It's not going to be impossible to win Champs-Élysées with the new Rapids and the Cotton Clinchers on. And, and that happened. So that was, uh, yeah, the process of confirmation for this, for this choice. In terms of the, the rider feedback, you said that the riders have been pretty happy with, with the change. Uh, what have they said exactly? Because, you know... Professional riders, I think, are, are they have a pretty good reputation as far as not really wanting to change a whole lot from what they what they know and what they're comfortable with and everything. And this is obviously a big change. Uh, although, you know, I would have to imagine pretty much all of them are training on clinchers with tubes at home anyway, um, but maybe just not using them a ton for for road races. Uh, so, what what has their feedback been? What what have they said about them? Fundamentally, the the first important sensation was the speed and how fast were the, the setup of the new wheels and uh, with, with the clinchers. And that's, um, that prevailed um, then. Okay, you always have uh, different opinions in terms of grip and the way you feel, the way the riders take risks, it's very personal. 
but um, the fastness uh, was uh, the fastness of the, the wheels and the feeling uh, with it was uh, fundamentally one of the major major factors. I think we got the same uh, the same feedback as you did. Um, first of all, we tried to convince them that uh, that this was by far a faster option than what we had available uh, until now. So we wanted them to uh, to give it a try and, and to use it. And I think they, they immediately felt the, the speed and the and, and the efficiency of the of the setup. And of course, the good thing was that I mean the last season had its uh, had its difficulties, but it also gave us the 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 opportunity to to have a period to try out these uh, these things. Um, so they didn't need to. Yeah, to try new wheels and new and new tires immediately uh, in in a race. Um, so we had the opportunity to try it for several weeks in uh, in training camps and uh, and at home. In different, uh, we tried them on cobbles, we tried them in the mountains, we tried them on the flat. Um, so that gave us a good amount of uh, of feedback. Um, feedback main feedback from the. From the cottons was that they were they were super fast and they were happy with it, but there were some, yeah, some degrees of uh, of, of grip in the rain and and and, and comfort, which uh, which was better with the um, with the rapid airs. So um, yeah, that gave us uh, yeah the idea of using the rapid airs in uh, in, in in races where. Where where it might be raining or where uh, grip or comfort might be uh, might be, might be more important than the pure speed. Um, exactly. Then we yeah then we started using them in the races and uh, we got basically the same confirmation. Uh, so do you have do you have numbers as far as you, know, you said that the riders can feel that the the difference that the the tube type setups are faster. Um, they feel faster to them. Um, but do you have numbers? I mean, have you done any tests to determine exactly how much faster they are? Because, you know, we also do have a lot of information saying that, you know, just because something feels faster doesn't necessarily mean that it actually is faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. We, yeah, of course, we have the numbers, uh, the numbers available. That's, that's where the whole process starts. Um, and those numbers we have, and based on that, we tried to convince riders of what the best uh, the best setup is. So it's not that we that we have a blanco and we give to the riders and we tell them, hey, tell us what's what's the fastest option. Uh, we know what the fastest option is, and it's at the end, it's always a combination of, uh, of several things. It's about the weight, it's about the rolling resistance, and it's about aerodynamics. Um, and then we have different wheels and different tires, and they all add. A certain amount of weight, they also add a certain amount of uh, of rolling resistance, and they also add a, a certain amount of uh, aerodynamic resistance. Um, so we have those numbers, and then and based on that, we try to uh, yeah to determine the fastest setup for each uh, for each race. And are those numbers kind of proprietary to the team? Is that something that you don't really want other people to know, or is it something that is just difficult to quantify exactly because there are so many different situations and different combinations? Um, yeah, there are, of course, uh, it's not a fixed number because if this, if the speed or the circumstances changes, then it, then it, like it could be two watts in a certain uh, circumstances, and it could be twelve watts in another, uh, in another circumstance. But um, to give, to give you an idea, uh, like what we calculated based on the numbers is that, um, like on the flat. Uh, on a flat race going 50 k's an hour, uh, the, the difference between the old tubers that we were using with the old wheels and then going 
going to the repeats with the cotton clinches was uh, was around 12 watts at 50 k's an hour for an average rider so that's a huge a huge difference so uh, that was uh, one of the main reasons why we thought like ricardo said that it could be a, could be a game changer i mean yeah i mean it's even if someone doesn't want to change if you tell them that you can get a, a free 12 watts just by changing their their wheels and tires it, it's it's hard to say no to i guess yeah, I mean, I'm a coach as well, and I know how difficult it is to to improve a rider with 12 watts. So, <laughs> um, you said that you were using the the turbo cottons and also the the rapid airs, and the the rapid air, however, when you run those, you are running them with a tube inside. Is that correct? All of it. All cleachers are used with a latex inner tube inside. Okay, so with the rapid air setup. I mean, obviously, that tire was originally designed to be run tubeless with sealant inside. Um, when you run them with the with the tube inside them, I mean, they are they latex or butyl tubes? First of all, latex. Okay, everything on latex. Um, so when you are running the the rapid airs with latex, um, do you also get uh, a, a little bit of the security that you used to have with tubulars? If you get a puncture, I mean, is it? I'm, I'm assuming that tire is more likely to stay on the rim, right? When if it's flat. Nico, it's a good question for you. I'd say. Yeah, I think uh, they they really stick on the rim, so. I don't expect or we, we we will for sure we don't have any problems with that so yeah yeah and do you put do you put sealant inside of the tubes at all or do you just run them normally we just run them normally in a lot of situations for for regular road races obviously for time trials um you know it, it does seem like there's there's not a ton of argument against clinchers if you know that they are faster um i mean yes the wheels and tires are heavier um but I mean, watts are watts, and the numbers don't lie, I guess. Um, but what about situations like, you know, cobbled races and that sort of thing? I mean, how how low of a pressure can you actually go on a tube type clincher without having to worry about pinch flats like you would uh, in a normal setup? Um, I can I would leave Nico to answer the, about uh, the, the tire pressure, but I would just like to add something on on the um, on the choice for uh, for the the cobbles classics. So Specialized as um, the L of the North clincher, um, and that's what we used in uh, opening weekend, Newsblads and uh, Kürne, um, which is fundamentally very similar to the L of the North tubular, same thread, similar, um, let's say visually similar. Um, and it's also a very fast option with the... Uh, with the necessary, uh, let's say, characteristics, qualities to face uh, to face the Belgian the Belgian cobbles. I mean, we and just to before passing the word to Nicholas about about the tire pressure. I don't think we had a puncture in any of the weekends, Nico. You didn't have. And um, when we were in Strade Bianche, um, those are let's say uh, it's it's a cotton uh, casing and. Um, Except for Casper, who wanted to absolutely race with the with L of the North in Strade Bianche, we decided to go with 28 Rapid Air and uh, in the race because it was the, the off road, let's say the, the, the Strade Bianche. They are uh, they have of course different characteristics than, than the cobbles and um, and then we thought it was safer, penalizing slightly uh, rolling resistance, but uh, we thought it would be safer to. To race um, to race the rapid airs in uh, which are a bit more robust uh, in in the Strade Bianche. Then in terms of pressure, Nico, you can give a 
can give an idea of, uh, of that. Yeah, in between um, the normal tubulars we had and the Rapidair or the Cotton 26, we go a little bit less in pressure than what we did on the tubulars. But if we talk about the classics with the Hell of the North tubular or clincher, then pressure is quite similar to yeah what we we were using uh, on tubulars. So it's not a big difference. Uh, what what sizes of tires can you can you get right now in that Hell of the North? However, because um, I mean the, it, it it maxes at twenty eight. Is that enough for something like Roubaix? However. Roubaix is a the Roubaix is a different story for the moment. Because that's a completely strange animal. Like all the rules go out the window. Yeah, we, we look at my our fellows of specialized here, and we are we are uh, we are on uh, on working progress. And just to say also that um, at the end we we are quite happy. Uh, everyone uh, in this call, even even um, I mean. Uh, the, Representatives from specialized, I think they they can they can confirm this that we just um, we just found our common path in um, in total synergy. Um, like like it has been, I mean, work with specialized for almost ten years, and um, so my colleagues the same. Um, and I think yeah, the, the question is not anymore steel tubulars or clinchers. The the question is which type of clinchers that's the work uh that's a work that will of course portray us to Roubaix, which is definitely a, a very specific race and uh and yeah we're still working on um let's see what what comes out before before the race we still have some some time but okay um it's not the same as the belgian the belgian uh, the flemish cobbles that's that's for sure yeah completely different animal um so nicholas from a mechanics perspective i mean historically you know, you would be spending God knows how much time sniffing tubular glue and, you know, picking tubular glue off of your fingers and everything smells like tubular glue, everything sticks together. Um, and now, if you are switching to even tube type clinchers instead of tube, uh, instead of tubulous, does that make your life easier as a mechanic? Like what, how does that change things from an equipment perspective, as far as getting everything set up or, you know, what you have to carry in the truck or, uh, all, all that sort of thing. Does does it make it easier or harder or just different? Um, I think it's different. And I, if I'm honest, I, I can say it makes it, our life a bit more easy because when we should prepare like the wheels, for example, for one truck, it would take us in the past like one week to get ready. You put some glue on the rim, you wait two days, you put another layer of, of uh, glue and go on like you put three layers and then at the end after one week you can put the tubular now you take the rim the wheel you put the clincher on it inner tube and there you go so at least in one day you can do a full truck and you, you're not spending like a week on it so i guess from your perspective this is a good change it seems like i mean you've you've earned back six days at a time seemingly <laughs> it's a big difference it's a big difference, yeah. And for us, it's it's really positive. To yeah, it's an improvement, positive improvement, and uh, yeah, we like does, it. So, does it change how you stock the truck as well? Like, are you are you packing fewer wheels now that you you have the ability to change tires so quickly? Um, the amount of wheels is always the same in every truck. So we have two trucks, a third program, and then a classic 
program, let's say. So the amount of wheels is always the same, but uh, yeah, we make a split on which tires we should use. So we have everything available in the truck and then we can, we can change even the evening before, before a special stage or whatever we can, we can change. So that's okay. I have to ask, um, I mean, this is, you know, Dave, you wrote an article not that long ago talking about how Roval from a wheel development perspective had essentially abandoned tubulars. I mean, they just made the decision to switch completely from tubular to clincher. Um, with these new wheels, however, I know, I don't expect you to, um, uh, Jeff, I don't expect you to give a, a totally straight answer on this. You, uh, hopefully, you know, you can answer as, as fully as you, as you can. Um, it, it certainly did not go unnoticed either by ourselves or by just the general public that the, the new Rapide and Alpiniste wheels that came out, I mean, they, they're obviously specified as not being tubeless compatible. They sure look tubeless, however. Uh, so in light of that, I think it, it, has, it has to be asked how much of this move from tubular to tubeless to latex tubes from the team is dictated purely by the availability of the wheels that, that Roval is providing. I mean, if Roval doesn't even make a tubeless compatible officially a tubeless compatible road wheel for racing anymore. And there really isn't any newer tubulars available. I mean, did the team even have any options? Well, you know, we, we try to present options that are really multiple options that are going to be the fastest for certain situations and then let the teams decide or figure out what's going to be the best choice for them on certain race days or stages. And part of the Alpinist and Repeat projects was determining that going to a clincher style rim was going to be faster than a tubular. Um, so that decision was made early on. Um, and, you know, we had confidence in that, in that decision. And I think that quick step success is showing that we were right. Uh, the other thing, the other thing you mentioned is, um, you know, they look like they're tubeless. And I think you're probably talking about the tire bed shape. Uh, yep. And yep. And like, like one of us mentioned earlier that, um, tire retention is obviously important, right? Like when you're glued on with a tubular, that's like, you feel safe, but uh, whether you're a, a tubeless or a tube type clincher setup, you still need to have that tire retention if you get a flat. And so that's why we have that tire bed shape is, is really to improve tire retention under rapid deflation. Uh, I mean, I, I, I can't argue with any of that. I, I certainly agree that uh, when you pair a proper tire with a, a, a proper tubeless bead with a wheel that was designed to be mated with that bead that you, you do get a very secure connection. However, given how just prior to the release of those wheels, that Roval was, was pushing together with the sponsored teams pretty hard, the whole tubeless uh, setup. It, it's, you have to understand that from, from a consumer perspective, you know, outward facing, it's, it's a hard thing to swallow that these wheels look tubeless they are compatible with tubeless tires they are meant to provide that lock with tubeless tires the teams were making a big deal about how they were having a lot of success at races on tubeless setups and now the story has kind of flipped a fair bit and you know everyone is saying that tube type is the way to go so how how do you kind of rationalize that or how do you, how do you you know how do you, how do you make sense of that 
Yeah. Um, it, at the time of the launch for, for these wheels, we knew that what we were releasing was the fastest combination. Uh, and that, that's like the, the wheel stiffness, durability, weight, aerodynamics, flat protection, uh, traction, comfort, all those things, uh, like all those factors indicated uh, that like the clincher tube type wheels were gonna be the fastest. At the same time, we've never stopped looking at tubeless. Um, so it's not that we've forgotten what we were saying, it's still on the table. It's just uh, the launch of these wheels, that was the fastest combination. Okay, well, fair enough. Is there a plan B? Um, because yeah, I, I know that everyone has done a fair bit of testing, uh, but you know, there's always situations where something comes up that is unforeseen, um, and you know, maybe you might need some sort of alternative that you switch to. Let's say for whatever reason, at some point during this season, you know, something happens, and you know, the riders suddenly are not as comfortable on tube type clinchers as they are currently. What is Plan B, or is there a Plan B, given that the wheels that you have right now are not tubeless compatible, and the only tubulars that you have use an older shape? Yeah, um, I, I think I would actually, yeah, Ricardo, if you guys want to answer that. No, I just, I, I, I can just say that we are at the level of uh, knowledge, understanding, testing, usage that um, gives us you know, uh, enough uh, confidence that there's no step backwards anymore. We would not have taken this decision together with specialized, of course, and specialized, just also to be quite clear, listens a lot to us, like we listen a lot to them. And I think that's also why we are for so many years uh, together, um, that we are not forced to use uh, this or this type of, of material. We help developing the different components, uh, regardless roval or or uh, or um, or specialized, and then we implement it when we have the assurance that uh, assurance that we that we we have the best uh, the best option. So in terms of Plan B, I mean. I don't expect any rider to come back and say this is not okay anymore, because that will be awkward. Also, after right. so many after yeah. so many months, I mean, after so many months, I, I give you an example. Kuhn said something interesting about um, about the cottons on on the wet conditions, and as I also said, it's very personal on the riders because Almeida he did I think all his Giro d'Italia even under the rain with the cottons. And it doesn't mean that the cottons don't have enough grip. They are, they have, they have, of course, because the TTs when it's raining, we also use uh, the cottons. And um, and uh, he just found himself, you know, he just found himself the the, you know, the 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 uh, he was able to handle that sort of call it limitation for some um, for some riders that uh, that were used to you know different grip. He used it in the whole Giro. So it's um, the options that we have uh, are great. Uh, but of course, development is a process that never stops. And uh, as I said before, now it's all about the best clincher and the best uh, development of what we have today. 
Yeah, no, I'll second that and say that uh, when we get a message from from Scott or Quickstep, like the Revolt team acts like, pretty seriously. We, we uh, take it pretty seriously um, because like they are the most demanding riders. And uh, it's also very important to our brand. And of course we wanna see them win. Like we love seeing uh, those riders win on our product. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's an important relationship. And even though there's no plan B, all the feedback is taken seriously and incorporated. Uh, you asked before wait, about Roubaix. It is possible that we race Roubaix still with tubers because that option still exists because Roubaix is the animal, as you said, that uh, <laughs> loose animal, wild animal. Um, I like that metaphor actually. Um, that you know, to to control it, uh, we still have to to do quite some research. Uh, I mean. And and um, maybe some riders will use uh, some of our riders will use clinchers. Some others will will be a bit more conservative and will use tubers. So um, so that gives you an idea of the different stages instead in in, in terms of the, the different uh, uh, type of competitions like the Flemish cobbles, normal uh, racing, and and Roubaix. We um, we have uh, only when we are sure of what we have we 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 move on fundamentally trying to answer your question sorry dave go ahead no you're right uh, i was guess uh, yeah you're talking about how you know it's always a, a development process and things are always moving forward and for that i'm just keen to hear what's what you feel the the performance gap is at the moment like where where are you looking ahead what's the what's the next performance goal that you're trying to achieve is it more tire grip is it better tire security is it fewer flats like what's What's kind of, uh, where's this technology headed next or, or where are the goals headed next? I think what yeah. the best is, the best is the best grip with the best rolling resistance and uh, <laughs> no puncture, no puncture whatsoever. So I think Everything. if we achieve that, <laughs> <laughs> but of course, perfection doesn't exist. Um, though I think, uh, there's, you know, development, uh, important development being done to get that goes, that goes in that, uh, in that direction. Assuming all of this goes really well, and let's say Quickstep continues to have a very good season, very good success on this wheel and tire setup, obviously teams talk, mechanics talk, riders talk. If all of this goes well, I mean, there has been talk for so long about a transition from tubulars to tubeless or clinchers or whatever. And it's, we've, you know, I feel like this is the subject that we've been talking about for you know, e at least easily a decade now. Um, if all this goes well, do you all feel that other teams really legitimately might follow in your footsteps this time around? I mean, is this the sort of thing where other companies maybe are prepared to provide equipment like this that teams would be happy with? Possible. I mean, it's possible to make really fast clinches. It's possible to make really fast tubeless tires. It's possible to make really fast uh, tubeless. So it, it depends a bit on the on the yeah on what what the, what another brand delivers to you. No? I mean, we, like for us, uh, the the clinches are at the moment for sure the fastest option. So I'm and we're happy with it. And but do I mean do other riders and teams like do they have they expressed even sort of like curiosity? It's like you know, hey guys, how's all that? How's the the how are the clinchers going for you? Like I mean, they have to be curious about it. I would think. I saw riders copying us in the last two defense, that's for sure. But I don't talk with the others, sorry. I'm at least. 
not being ironic, it's true. We would copy it at a certain yeah. moment. I started to see people with clinchers also. <laughs> it was quite interesting, but okay, probably. I think every 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 team, any any manufacturer has to decide for his own what they what they write with. But we look at ourselves what uh, what is the best option available, and we choose what we think is the best. Um, and I think we like like we like Ricardo said, um, we are very confident, and this gives us a bigger uh, a bigger uh, improvement uh, compared with what we had last year. Um, and we use it now for for more than half a year for nine months i think uh, so i don't think we need a plan b if we have a, a very good plan a okay dave do you have anything else for them no no nothing they'll give me i'm i'm keen to hear about <laughs> uh, about tubeless development but i i don't think we're going to get that yeah yeah i mean we are i mean realistically we're not going <laughs> to ask questions that we know we're not going to get answers to so <laughs> all right well this is obviously all a super interesting development, and we'll be keeping a close eye on this as the season progresses. Uh, thanks to all of you for your time and for, for being pretty candid with all of the information. Uh, and we wish all of you good luck for the rest of the season. It'll be cool to see what happens this year. Thanks again. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks to you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Pleasure. All right, Dave. Well, that was quite a bit to unpack um and i guess one thing before we get moving uh one thing to point out is this is not just something that decoin and quickstep is doing uh this is something that's supposedly by my understanding bora hansgrohe is doing as well um it is obviously related to any team that is running roval wheels because as uh dave as you noted in an article you wrote not too long ago roval has basically just sort of left tubulars behind they're going all in on clincher wheels that's it um i mean they do still have tubulars if you want yep. them but i mean they use old rim shaved it's basically they're basically just not as fast so basically anyone who is interested in going fast in road racing and if you're sponsored by revolve clearly the message is the clinchers are the way to go uh dave what do you think about all this right now yeah, I mean the the skeptical point of view is that this is a a, a promotional move, right? So you've got uh, a brand like Specialized and and Roval that uh, understand the the consumer market first and foremost, and they know that tubulars don't really sell in a consumer market. So if you're going to invest so heavily in clinches, you want your professional riders to be promoting the product you're selling. That's the skeptical view. <laughs> the scientific base view and from the data I've seen um, at least specialized share, which believe what you want of it, but they truly do believe this is the best setup moving forward. They truly do believe in the technology. They could create their own uh, tubular system that they have done in the past, but they decided to leave that technology behind because all, all their tests in terms of rolling resistance, uh, in terms of, aerodynamics uh it all points to clinches and i guess potentially tubeless being the future for them uh so yeah i mean it, it's kind of it's a hard thing to do to to separate the the what what's so obviously also a mar of marketing benefit to them with uh what the data says here i mean just just to clarify i mean yes yeah, specialized does Sorry, Roval. Well, I guess it's Roval and Specialized because Specialized yeah. have the tires. But anyway, Specialized and Roval, I mean, they do both have the data that 
know, if you just go by, if you, if you take the numbers at face value, they do have the data to show that whether it's a tubeless clincher setup or a tube type clincher setup, that either of those are a fair bit faster than good tubulars. Uh, I mean, yes, they are heavier. However, you know, the weight, you know, as we've outlined before in previous podcasts, I mean, it just doesn't make that much of a difference, not as much as people like to think. Um, The rolling resistance component actually is quite big. And uh, again, you know, one of the numbers that that Kuhn tossed out there was, uh, I believe he said 12 watts for a rider uh, saved on a tube type clincher setup on their on their newer tube type clincher setup relative to uh, the tubulars that they were running. And it's important to note that that setup would have been on the older Roval tubular rim shape, which is a little bit narrower. And uh, again, if you take the company's numbers at face value, you know, that it was a slower setup. Uh, I don't think it was 12 watts slower though. Like 12 watts at 50K for a pro rider, that's a lot. Like that's, that's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's worth, it's worth noting that those older CLX 50 wheels that the, the team, I guess had access to if they wanted to run tubulars uh, or tubeless last I looked. Um, they're actually still a really fast wheel. Uh, I know Hunt, for example, published a white paper comparing their wheels against the Roval. And those Roval CLXs, like even even within the last year, were still ranking up top three fastest wheel. Uh, and from the from the tests I've seen, even uh, Roval's new Rapide wheels, the, the aerodynamic, the latest clincher wheels, they're actually not that much quicker in a pure aerodynamic sense compared to the old wheel. Um, basically, the difference is at extreme your angles, the new wheels win over. But but in straight line or, or really yo, uh, really low yaw, uh, from from memory, uh, the the old wheels are actually in some cases faster. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's certainly not the case that the old wheels were dogs in any sense. But no. either way, um. It, you know, that 12 watt difference that that Kuhn is is quoting is again like that's it's a pretty big number pretty significant it is yeah um what's also particularly interesting um you know we have we have data from an, an independent outfit uh aero coach I think in the UK <laughs> um I mean granted this is just one point of data um but I believe there have been other other outfits that have backed this up um you know we have data that shows that a good latex inner tube at least in terms of rolling resistance is basically just as good as a tubeless setup mm-hmm. um and you know while you don't get the kind of the the puncture prevention that you get with running a, a preventative latex sealant inside of a tubeless tire um the fact that you can get basically the same speed out of that tire and a latex tube uh, yeah. and clearly i mean you know nicholas the, the mechanic he was made it very clear that it's a huge 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 time savings i mean he was talking about spending a week getting wheels ready for the truck when they're when they were doing tubulars and now it can take them a day yeah well it's a week with probably 15 people working on it right yeah i mean well probably three full-time mechanics probably doing all that and it's it's a lot of man hours for sure yeah yeah so it's uh yeah i mean it's it's a huge time saving to the team uh and then at the races as well it's a huge time saving because you know swapping a clincher tire is a whole lot easier than uh, redoing a tubular. I mean, I guess in theory, even like if you were a mechanic in the back of the car, I mean, you can swap a, a clincher tire and tube just in the back of the car and you're not doing that with a tubular. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think they're, they're getting to that extent. I mean, they, they always have piles of wheels sitting next to them in the cars, but it is absolutely an option, which previously it wasn't. It is theoretically possible, at least anyway. Yeah. Um, 
But again, you know, this whole transition from tubeless to clincher, tube type clincher with latex tubes, though, I mean, it is still really interesting because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't, I can't help but feel like the answer we got to the whole new Rapide and Alpine East wheels clearly looking tubeless, but not actually being tubeless. Uh, I, I can't help but feeling that like that answer was maybe a little evasive. Um, mm-hmm. It just didn't seem to make a ton of sense. Like it still just feels like something happened. Yeah. So it didn't feel like that answer was uh, certainly a little dodgy. Um, but yeah. nevertheless, I mean, at least from a, from a rolling resistance standpoint, we, we can't, we can't say that you know they are doing this just purely for a marketing reason. I mean, they, we again we do have data that shows that the latex tubes are just as fast as tubeless. They're just not going to be able to get the benefit of the puncture protection. Um, yeah. Another interesting thing is how they were very open about running tubeless clinchers with tubes inside, mm-hmm. which is just not something you typically see a whole lot just out in the wild. Uh, and it sounds like they were doing this mainly for. I mean, they 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 did talk a little bit about how uh, the rapid air tubeless clincher tires are a little bit more robust. They were talking about how you know, their riders were saying that they seem to get a little bit better traction in the wet. Yeah. Um, but they did also mention the fact how when that tire is paired with those new wheels, which again they're not technically tubeless compatible, but they're basically a That's tubeless, tubeless shape. Yeah. Yeah, and so that that tubeless tire is going to lock in to that rim to the extent where if it does go flat, I mean, it's certainly not going to be as less terrible to ride as a flat tubular. Um, but from my perspective, I would have to think that from, you know, if I were a rider, I would feel a lot better from a security and crashing standpoint to be on a tubeless clincher with a tube inside on basically a tubeless compatible rim as far as the tire staying on the rim when it's flat than I would with something like that turbo cotton, which, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been on one of those when it goes flat, but like when that goes flat, it's not super fun. Yeah. It's a pretty flimsy tire. There's not a, not a whole lot of uh, rigidity holding it in place. Is there? And well, yeah. And, and that bead definitely is not necessarily locked on. I mean, the, yeah. it, even with a regular clincher tire, like a tube type clincher, I will say that if you're if that you if you have that mounted on a wheel that is designed to mate with a tubeless bead on a tubeless tire, the security is still better than it is on a kind of a pretty old school clincher rim that is not meant to be paired with a tubeless yeah. tire. So there's that. So For it's sure. not like the things. Yeah, it's not necessarily like the things like going to just like fly off the rim as soon no. as it goes flat. So it's not no. quite that, but yeah, still kind of interesting. I mean, it's is pretty cool to hear how they're mixing things up and. Um, you know, I mean, I hate I hate that term out of the box, but I mean, they they are. Uh, yeah, you know, again, I mean, I do feel like a lot of this is perhaps motivated or dictated by just sort of the equipment that they have available. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and 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 Kuhn said as much. You know, he said it's the fastest combination they have. Right. Right. right? So he said, you know, every every team will differ on the components they have access to, and you know, potentially. You know, if they've got a, a different wheel sponsor, a different tire sponsor, perhaps their fastest combination would be with tubulars. Uh, but for Specialized, the fastest combination they make and have made to date is is clinches. Right. So coming back to kind of what I was asking them toward the end 
you know, I think the first time I wrote about tubeless road wheels or tires were, uh, had to be what, 2008, something like that with Hutchinson and Shimano. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even before then, you know, I feel like we've been talking about this potential transition to clinchers in pro road racing for, you know, well before that. So it's been a very long time that we have been talking about this sort of possibility and it just really has never happened. Um, now though, it seems like it does stand a much better possibility for actually taking hold if only for the fact that, you know, as they, you know, as Kuhn pointed out, I mean, there, there is no plan B. I mean, it's not mm. like, it's not like Roval also has tubular wheels of the same shape that they can just supply the team if need be. And, you know, if they decide that they're just done with the whole clincher thing, like this yeah. is it. Yeah. There's no going back. Uh, and so far, I mean, Deconian Quickstep has, uh, it's not like they, I mean, granted this season is barely started at this point, but had a pretty good start to the season so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, you know, I, I just can't help but wonder, I mean, it's, you know, pro, pro, pro road racing. It's, it's, it's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of like high school sort of in a sense that like, you know, just everybody talks, right? Like there's yep. just, everyone's talking to each other. There's just all sorts of chatter going about and people compare things and see what, what people, what people are using, what people are wearing, that sort of thing. And, you know, even though tubulars have been the norm for decades, if this really does take off, I mean, if Deconian Quickstep really can have a their, you know, a super successful season as they historically have been on tube type clinchers, and if there is that data out there that shows that tube type clinchers are significantly faster in terms of rolling resistance than the traditional tubulars that everyone else is, well, nearly everyone else is still using. It does seem pretty likely that the tide is potentially going to turn this time around right like like that's it that sort of performance advantage if again if you, if you take all that at face value i mean that sort of performance advantage would be hard to pass up if i was another team right i mean if you know Ineos or whoever i mean i mean historically they have been certainly maybe a little bit more fixated on reducing bike weight for example i mean they're still the only team on rim brakes um, you know, they have certainly gone outside of sponsor obligations and sponsor equipment to run things that are significantly lighter than what they, what they normally would be running, like, you know, the lightweight wheels, for example. Um, but for any team that is looking for just as much essentially free speed as possible, mm. if they are watching Deconian Quickstep and potentially Bora Hansgrohe, if, if they are seeing them have a lot of success if they're hearing good things about their clincher setup, you have to think that some other teams are going to be contacting their sponsors and being like, you know, hey, can we get some of these? Can you make something for us? Yeah, and I think I think that that uh, that trend is already happening in time trials, right? Like we're seeing EF, Educa- um, EF Education doing it, and a number of other teams already on time trials at least moving to clinches. I believe the limitation here is wheel and tire availability from. Uh, the relevant sponsors right so when you know to use your Ineos example they're sponsored by Shimano uh they use Shimano wheels and currently correct me if I'm wrong but Shimano wheels don't really have much of a performance difference between the clincher and tubular versions in far as rim profiles go right so aerodynamics are probably roughly the same between those two rims i believe so yeah i mean I, yeah I'm just kind of going by memory but I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right there so it's it's no longer a, a question of which wheel package is faster it's just purely a question of which tire 
is best and you know it goes back to in that case in shimano's example the tubular option is going to be significantly lighter by a lot uh, by a lot like enough that that is going to dictate the decision and then after that you've got the other questions related to rolling resistance and all that but yeah so i think i think the barrier here is is sponsorship right like it's i think i think the writing's on the wall that that clinches can be faster with under the right combination and and you know that time trials are proof of that but i think for wider acceptance it's going to come down to the brands offering the right products and you would think that if they were to do that not only would that necessarily be good for their sponsored pro teams but I mean, there really aren't very many people running tubulars at an amateur level, certainly not for just everyday riding. And you would have to think that the biggest bang for your buck in terms of development time and resources is going to be in terms of clinchers and, uh, and tubeless clinchers. And, you know, clearly, even if a wheel is not going to be technically tubeless compatible, I mean, there's no reason why you can't run a tube-type clincher on a tubeless rim, mm -hmm. but you can't necessarily run a tubeless tire on a rim that is not meant to be used with that. So clearly, moving forward, anyone who is continuing to be doing a lot of development work on clinchers, I mean, all of those wheels, at least as far as what we're seeing, I mean, pretty much all of them are now tubeless compatible, if only just to give people the choice. And those, yeah. you know, what we're seeing with the whole Roval thing, with the with that Alpiniste and that... And that uh, and that repeat, I mean, that's that's clearly an anomaly. Um, mm -hmm. Again, like there's just Very something so. there that there's just something there that we are not entirely privy to. It seems like, yeah. um, but either way, I mean, it just really seems like that's the way to go, or that that's the way that everything is going. Because, you know, maybe ten years ago we could have said that Roval is still sort of like this kind of fringe niche wheel company, you know, trying to figure out its its way in the in the world. Roval's pretty substantial now. They're not small. They've had mm. a really good run. They've made a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. And it, it I, I would say they are, you know, certainly at least on level footing with a company like Bontrager, for example, where they're no longer necessarily seen as just a quote unquote house brand. I mean, they are viewed now as having product that is legitimately as good as, you know, the smaller specialist wheel brands yeah. that are out there. So for them to be now making that dedicated move toward clinchers and that's it, it just seems like that's how it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's worth, like, uh, this has all been covered in a previous article, uh, which I wrote last year, about this topic. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, it, it is worth reiterating that a lot of this has come about through uh, disc brakes as well. So, you know, the, the fact that Specialized is all in on disc brakes has allowed them to go all in on this wheel design that is so crazily disc specific like if you if you tried to use this rim profile with a rim brake the whole rim would fail it's, it's <laughs> yes it's, it's so thin it's, it's so wide but thin in the in this in the midsection of it it's so light uh so yeah i mean it's it's worth stating that all of this comes off the back of um i guess it's system design is how i'd describe it uh and and yeah they're, they're pushing the boundaries because they know that these wheels are predominantly going to be used on their own bikes they know how they're going to be used in a sense you know they don't have to they don't have these uh design limitations as far as uh, i guess not going too wide so it fits a wide variety of frames they've just gone all in and just removed the limitations with it right so dave i just want to say that once again we are proving to our readers that we are in the pocket of big disc yeah uh so have, yeah. You, have you cast your check from big disc today 
No, they that, actually I, just, I haven't they gotten, sent I haven't me a million today. They sent me a Mercedes actually, just um, for tax reasons. Oh. It was much better for me. Oh wow, I'm still getting paper checks in the mail. How strange. Yeah. Surprisingly, my Mercedes they sent with rim brakes though. That's very weird. Huh? How odd. How's it stop? Yeah. Doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Uh, well, you know, surely there's, there are purists out there who are going to want who are going to want that. So yeah. Oh, we're going to take so much heat for this anyway. As I said before, we do talk a lot about wheels and tires and things like rolling resistance and stuff like that, but that's because it makes a big difference in your bike and clearly Deconing Quickstep and Reval and Specialized think that it's going to make a difference or it has been making a difference in pro road racing as well. So uh, in as much as we are able to, uh, given the fact that most of us are not really traveling anywhere at the moment, we will continue to keep our eye on this and mm-hmm. see how things go throughout the season. So I guess stay tuned. We'll see what happens. Uh, I will say, uh, this is something that I, I, I meant to bring up earlier. We are not, I'm pretty confident we are not going to see tube-type clinchers at Roubaix. And I. Th- this is not meant as like, you know, giving the team or Roval or Specialized a pass. Um, Paris-Roubaix is just a really, really weird event. Like, you, ju- it's just so oddball like i i would be very surprised to see that the team was not back on tubulars just for that one just because it's so different like you're just smashing into just really big nasty kind of pseudo square edged cobbles everywhere it's just not typical so anyway as i was saying we will keep an eye on this we'll see what these teams are using throughout the season as best we can but if you don't see them at roubaix it won't be a big deal because nah. Realistically, none of us are riding our road bikes on things like Roubaix anyway, so that doesn't really matter. Yeah. All right, Dave. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap that up because uh, I don't know about you, but you know, I've, I've got a bunch of tubular tires that I have to glue up in my garage. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's still clearly the way to go. Anyway, if you enjoyed this week's Nerd Alert, please consider giving us a rating or review on iTunes if that is where you get your podcasts. Uh, Otherwise, please make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Best of all, and what helps us most of all, is please tell your friends about Nerd Alert. Get some more people to listen to Nerd Alert so that we can continue to do stuff like this. Uh, Because as much as hopefully all of you enjoy listening to this, we like doing these too and we'd like to continue doing them. So with that, we will bid you adieu until next week. Next week, we'll be back with the full group, standard group discussion. Kaylee will be back. Our resident pro mechanic, Zach Edwards, will be back as well, along with Dave and myself. So we will see you in a week's time. See ya. Cheers.